You're listening to the Preacher's Hour podcast. A podcast that dives into culture and society from a young preacher's perspective. I'm Jeffrey Copeland. I teach middle school history. I'm married to my wife, Selena, and I'm a student of the Bible. And I'm Brandon Jackson. I'm married to my wife, Jess. We have three beautiful daughters, and I love to share the gospel with teenagers and help disciple them in their walk. We sit down each week and have conversations about what we've learned, what we're learning, and what we think about current events happening around us. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Hey, hey. Hope you guys are doing well. We are back. Yeah. Uh, episode part four of the uh, theology series that we're on. <laughs> I can't remember what episode number it was. So I was like, let me just go with the theology thing. Is this four or three? This is four. We did three. Oh, wow. That's how many parts we've done. I mean, I mean the last one was dope. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. All, the only thing I remember is you shortening the time of the last one. <laughs> one, two, two episodes ago. That's all I remember. Okay. Well, I'm going to try not to bend time and You know, I appreciate here. that. I really do. I thank you. Thank you so much, Jeffrey. <laughs> I do what I can. Hilarious. So, um, I have been learning a lot about, hey. uh, about God. Um, shout out to the Bible Project. I, um. I recently like I was I was uh I was praying. We we're going through a season of fasting right now, guys, fasting and praying. Mm. Um and uh I was praying in the morning in the closet the other day and uh I was talking to God about what he wants me to do, like with my job and, and does he want me to keep going with my job? So I go oh, like seminary yeah. seminary, I'm asking all these questions. And so he leads me to the Bible Projects website and I made an account. I donated some money. I'm like, I'm getting way too much from these guys to not like to not give. help them. So right, like, right. I gave yeah. them a quick little donation. And um, and they have this thing called Classroom that they're starting. Yeah. They give you like free graduate level classes. And so I'm going to, me and my wife are going to go through them um, pretty soon. Probably after this week is over. It's our last week of work for a while. So I'm going to start going through that and just kind of seeing like what I get from it. Maybe something I want to pursue. But um, hey, and it's free too. So yeah, I mean, no risk for you, sir. Yeah, man. Taught by Tim, I'm I'm with it. But um, let's go. I've been listening to their series on the character of God, and uh, I just think there's so much important theology in there. If we can understand like who God is, like Pastor Carl was preaching today, um, we shouldn't just praise God for what he's done we should praise him for who, who he, he is. is yeah and you can't do that unless you know who he is and Facts. the coolest thing about our God is that he's told us who he is yes he's given so, us detail about who he is I mean what yeah. he likes what he doesn't like so we yeah if you know him you know yeah man and so um they're doing a series on the most quoted verses in the entire bible oh wow the most requoted they're either directly recorded or paraphrased in some kind of way they're all over the bible oh and, just in okay yeah when you said everywhere. like i thought you mean like ones that we quote no no, no like requoted in, in the, the bible, bible itself okay. by the biblical authors wow um which is crazy i just learned that there's a lot of things that are that are requoted mm-hmm. but they're not in quotations like right uh i can't remember the actual verse but i was reading i was like i heard this before mm-hmm. and it was like but they didn't like yeah, normally they don't say have, like uh, 
They didn't have punctuation like that anyway. Oh, so I mean, when we uh, add that in, we uh, we the 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 either the scribe or the translator, or whatever, will notice this is a quote. Mm-hmm. And there's like some context I think within the language itself that someone who was reading it would know this is a quote. But as far gotcha. as like we are concerned with like punctuation and, and stuff like that, I don't mm-hmm. know if they had that in mm-hmm. Hebrew. So that's why it's not there. But um, but a lot of stuff that you read throughout the Bible is from somewhere else. There, there's tons of like they all right. call them hyperlinks and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So all the biblical authors are riffing off each other. And of course, they're all influenced by the same source, which is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So it makes sense. They're, not, they're not plagiarizing out here. No. <laughs> yeah. So. uh so these verses are Exodus 34, 6, and 7. They're the most quoted verses in the Bible. Exodus 34. Exodus 34, verses 6 and 7. There's wine oh, voucher in there. my dang uh, bookmark, bro. You know, oh, that's a book. bookmark slide out. <laughs> I didn't know it was a book. Cold-blooded, man. <laughs> I thought it was. What's it doing here? <laughs> just I just saw it was a wine voucher. I, I was like, man, you keeping this thing <laughs> Boy, trying to get close to the Lord. Right? <laughs> Let's go. The blood of Christ. Hey, no. yeah. All right, thirty-four. What? Six and seven. So you have the NLT. I have the NIV. We'll go. I mean, I have the ESV. We'll go ahead and I'll read mine. You can read yours. Okay. Uh, so this is the Lord talking about Himself, which is super cool. God actually describes Himself. Uh, Yahweh passed before Him and proclaimed. Yahweh, Yahweh, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. Uh, The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out Yahweh, the Lord. The God of compassion and mercy, I am slow to anger. I am filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to thousands of generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sin of the parents upon the children and the grandchildren to the entire uh, the entire family is a, is afflicted. No, affected. Even children in the third and fourth generation. Amen. So there's a lot in here. Um, a lot of people are uncomfortable with the second half. A lot of people like just and even the authors themselves sometimes will just quote the first half, which sounds good. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, God's great. Yeah, I love it. They don't talk about the by no means. By I'm like, no like, means. Guilty. And so. Um, Jeez. So first of all, let's put this story into the con this this verse into the context. This is literally right after the children of Israel make the golden calf. Okay. Okay. So God is pissed. He's going to destroy them. And Moses intercedes on behalf of Israel five times. Oh wow. And God responds with five characteristics of himself. Oh, that's dope. I don't I think that's a, that. yeah, I don't think that's a coincidence. Um and then it's it's so crazy. Like God says, I'm gonna wipe him out. And then Moses intercedes. He's like, Hold on, no, you said this. And he's like, All right. Uh, and then a couple of times, at one point, God says, I think before this one, the fourth intercession, God says, All right, I'm not gonna go with you guys because I'm still pissed, but I'm gonna send an angel to be with you. And then Moses is like, No, God, like, 
it has to be you that goes with us. Otherwise, we're not going to be any different than any other nation around us. Like, they need to know that you, your presence, you are with us. Oh, wow. Don't send the angel. And so what? God's like, all right, I will do it. You have found favor in my eyes. And then Moses asked him, asked him, let me see your glory. And that's when this happens. This is literally as God is, Moses in a cave, in the rock, or in the, in the mountain. God's passing by, and he says this about himself as he's showing Moses his glory. Wow. That is So that it's, is it's a lot. First of all, the fact that God calls his own name. Yeah, and I love that he says it twice in the Hebrew. <laughs> Yahweh, Yahweh. <laughs> yeah. But he just, he, he tells us exactly. And I mean, this is such a big deal to an ancient person. Because most ancient cultures, you are completely in the dark about your gods that you're worshiping. And oh, yeah. we have a God that's like, I'm going to tell you exactly yeah. how it is. And so um, we can break these things down. And I'm, I'm getting like all of this from the Bible Project, guys. I don't want to take any credit for this. Hey, you learned it. Um, thank you, Brandon. I appreciate that. I'm just saying, I so before we get to God's characteristics, where he is compassionate, um, sometimes translated as steadfast or loyal, love, mm -hmm. gracious, slow to anger, merciful, and faithful. Okay. Right? Those are his five characteristics. Wait, read it one more time. So you have compassionate, steadfast love, gracious, slow to anger, merciful. Okay. He's also faithful, obviously. Now, I'm going to, I actually want to start with the bad news. Yeah. Okay. It's always the best way to play. Because, um, I was at first like, this sounds crazy. But when you actually understand like a, a little bit of Hebrew, mm -hmm. it, it actually makes sense. So um, some people might ask like, so hold on, God's going to visit the iniquity on the, the sons of the father and the grandchildren? Like that's not fair. Yeah. So like what your dad does, God's going to take it out on the yeah. kids. Mm. That's not what this is saying. Mm. So... That third and the fourth, if you read, um, it's either, I think it's Amos. It's either Amos or, I think it's Amos. If you read Amos, um, there's this this um, figure of speech in Hebrew where you say the third and even the fourth or a third and even a fourth. It just means a lot, basically, is what oh, it means. It's, just an, it's, an, it's a way of saying something Hebrew, like a lot or mm -hmm. a, a whole bunch. Yeah. And so... Um, what God is saying about himself here is that what I'm going to do, the way that I'm going to behave does not just apply to this generation. I'm going to be like this moving oh, forward for every generation of Israel that I'm making a covenant with. Okay. So, so that's good news. Mm -hmm. So your kids, kids can expect this. I'm going to be, be the this same. way. So I'm going to be loving, compassionate, mm -hmm. so to anger. To the fourth generation. Yeah. To, and then that's just, it's not literally to just the, the fourth. Right. It's just the fifth like, is good. No. <laughs> it's just, it's just again, it's an exaggeration. I'm saying I'm going to be this way. I'm going to be consistent. You can count on me behaving in this way. Mm -hmm. How awesome is that? I mean, especially knowing that the people in Israel at the time didn't have, not Israel, the people around mm -hmm. them, all the other people who had got their gods, they didn't, they didn't know. First of all, their gods weren't real, so they didn't know what they what they were commanded to do. They didn't like they were just like shooting in the wind. Mm -hmm. like, they was like, okay. I think he likes this, or I think they like this, or mm -hmm. I think they want this, where God literally, like Yahweh says to them, like, this is who I am. This yeah. is what you can expect of me. That's dope. Yeah. And, the, you know, Tim in the podcast uses an example of, like, 
you know, if if my crops are going bad uh-huh. or all my chickens die or something, and I'm other intimers, I'm like, man, which God is upset with me? What do I got to do? Which sacrifice do I need to do? In this case with Yahweh, you know what you did. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you yeah. know why this is happening. Yeah. Right? There's no, it removes a lot of the mystery out. because Which is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's so cool that we know how our God is going to be. And I think this is really important for theology because, like, if I know who I'm in a relationship with, uh-huh. I can better love that person and be loved by that person. And not hurt them and please them and all that. Same thing with you know you're with a marriage or whatever friendship. Yeah, yeah. If I know what the person is like, like that's a big deal. You know I can saying? agree with that. Yeah, and so that whole like he won't clear the guilty, but he is quick to forgive. He will forgive if you turn. So like, first of all, I think a lot of people are uncomfortable with the idea of God being emotional. Do you think you're un- uncomfortable with God being emotional? Have you ever thought of God as being emotional? Well, because most of the time I think about emo- being emotional in a bad context. So yeah. it's always like, if someone's emotional, it's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you think about when you're emotional, you you uh, you act irrationally. Mm-hmm. So like you just like, oh, I'm in my feelings. Or like, if I'm super happy, then I'm going to you know spend too much money. If I'm super sad, I still spend too much money, <laughs> and I'm gonna eat too much. If I'm super whatever, like I think that the in our context of like someone being emotional is you're gonna overdo it. Mm. Either way it goes, you're gonna overdo it. So I think that's me. If I think about God in that way, if I'm honest, it's kind of scary because I'm like, oh man, I don't know, what, I don't know what he's gonna do. <laughs> I don't know what he's gonna like. Oh snap! Are you gonna kill us all? Or are you gonna like let us live? Are you gonna kill some of us and let us live? Like. How do I get into the living side? Man. <laughs> so I think, I think there's a lot of things that go on in our in our mind as we think about like God being emotional. But if I've never really I've never mm-hmm. really thought about it. That was like the first time ever. Yeah, I think it's I would say first of all, yes, God is emotional. Mm. And I think it's good. It's good for us. He's the only being who can be emotional and not mm. be irrational. Yeah. Um and, and some people would look at this story. And go, it seems like God was pretty irrational. He was really mad. <laughs> and he was going to wipe them out. Yeah. And it looks like a human changed his mind. Right. Like uh, like Moses had like had some type of... Like he was his therapist. Like, yeah. On, you man. know, let's, let's just talk this let's out. Let's talk about this. God, have a seat. <laughs> <laughs> I got through this nice throne you can sit on. And let's just hash this out real quick. Yeah, I think that's that's... That's the idea that many people have, even for me. Like I, yeah. What are your? I would love. What are your thoughts on that? As far as Moses changing God's mind, quote unquote. So my my theology tells me Go ahead. that Moses can't change God's mind. Okay. Like Moses doesn't have the the wherewithal, the authority, the anything to change God's mind. Um, that's what my theology says. My I guess my carnal mind, my mm-hmm. my human brain would perceive that, no, 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 from what I'm reading right here, he did change his mind. Okay. If it had not been for Moses, all mm-hmm. of Israel would be wiped out. Uh, and then, I guess just my, uh, me, my, my logical, my logical and spiritual together says that uh, it could be, it could be a little bit of both. Okay. It could be a little bit of both of like, not necessarily Moses changing God's mind about destroying Israel, but it could have been Moses reminding God, 
hey, this is what you said. Mm-hmm. This is what you had commanded. This is why you did this. And if you do this, these are the things that like are everyone's going to think about you, mm. which aren't really true about you because you have said. Yes. So I think that all that, it, it all gets down to, uh, I believe that, I don't think Moses changed God's mind at all, but I do believe that Moses uh, reminded God, like, hey, this is what you do. Okay. This is who you are. Okay. So I do not disagree with you at all. So let me uh, tell you what I've gleaned. Okay. In this past few weeks or so, past week or so. So, number one, Moses doesn't even know what's happened yet. He doesn't know what Israel's done. Word. He doesn't know yet. God didn't tell him. He just said, hey, the people have corrupted themselves. You need to hurry up and get down there. I'm going to oh. wipe them out. Get away from me. So Moses doesn't know yet. And then when Moses gets down, he sees, he gets mad and he breaks the tablets. <laughs> He's like, man, don't be mad at him. What the? <laughs> and he gets mad. Right? So that's just. Kill them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take him. I'll take him back. Take him out. Yeah. Okay. So now that's just a side note. So what this story is setting up, because all Moses does is repeat who God says he is and what God has promised. Because mm-hmm. if we go back in the story, God made a promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He could have just said Abraham. He didn't have to say Jacob. No. But now that he, this is the thing we got to remember about our God. He has to do what he says. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about God. I'm going to get back to that in a little bit. He has to do what he says. So he has put himself in a box. Wow. By saying, I am going, I promise this to Jacob and his seed, mm-hmm. which is the 12 tribes. Yeah. Right? Because he even says to Moses, I'm going to wipe them out and I'm going to make a great nation out of you. And Moses is like, no, 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 no. Remember what you said? Because what about with Egypt? Remember, and it's the one, of the, I got to go back. One of the funniest things is that God says, the people that you got out of Egypt are have corrupted themselves. <laughs> and he's like, wait a minute. And if you go back to Exodus 3, God says, I'm going to go save the children of Israel. So right. go save the children of Israel. Yeah. He says, I'm going to do it. So you go do it. Now he's going back. Man, people that you saved. It's but funny. Because no one it was him. <laughs> I guess as a parent, like you always like choose like when your parent, your kids are doing good. Oh, that's my kid. Like yeah. my kid yeah, did that. Go ahead. I want to act up. You're like, hey, get your daughter, yeah. man. <laughs> Yo, my daughter. Yeah. yeah, that's your daughter. Yeah. Not mine. I don't yeah. know where that came from. Super funny. <laughs> but what this is setting up. And you're going to see this theme repeated throughout the Bible. This is just, I think it's the first instance of it. No, it's not. Noah's the first instance of this. Hmm. There has to be a righteous intercessor to, to help humanity. Yeah. Like God has set it up where he, because he's partnered with humans. This goes back to Genesis. This goes back to Genesis 1. Okay. Um. Remember that the Genesis chapter one is God's dream, dream scenario for creation. Okay. That he's partnered with humans. Again, once he says it, he is now bound to it. Yes. That's what God is. Okay. So he has to be partnered with humans. Right. So he has created a scenario where there has to be at least one One human who can righteously intercede on behalf of all of humanity. Ah. Who does that sound like? Jesus. Exactly. Let's go. So this is like Noah. Let's go. And Moses. He, he, it's just setting up yeah. to even now where Jesus is at the right hand of God, constantly interceding on our behalf. Not that God the Father is some crazy, irrational, angry guy who needs to be 
reminded, <laughs> hey, hey, don't do it now. Right. But it's just God involving us and, and sharing with us. That's what Moses is representing here. Yeah. Okay. I, I can I can get with it. I think yeah. Job has to do it for his friends. He's a oh, righteous intercessor yeah. where like literally Job has suffered something that he did not deserve. Mm-hmm. And he has to pray for his friends. Even before he has to do it before God restores him, in fact. He has no oh, idea he's gonna yeah. be restored. God mm-hmm. has, God he has to plead, God, don't don't hurt them. Because he was gonna kill them. Yes. So there's always this this theme throughout the Bible of a righteous intercessor. intercessor. Daniel does it. There's tons. David does it. Yeah. Actually, even uh doesn't Abigail do it for her husband when I David tried so. to David tries to kill mm-hmm. him? There's a theme of a righteous intercessor oh, wow. that has been woven throughout the Bible. Okay. And then that's us now. Yeah. And here's the thing. So because God has said this, that's deep. He is slow to anger, right? Yeah. He is compassionate. He has mm-hmm. a ton of compassion. We'll get back to compassion in a little bit. He has a ton of he's gracious. He has loyal love. He is loyal. He has steadfast love. And he will forgive. He yes. wants to. And the thing about our God is that if there's a scale between his justice and his mercy, it is tipped toward the mercy. Mm. He is always leaning towards forgiving, even if we don't deserve it. Yeah, he wants to forgive. Yeah. Like like this this verse, these verses are later um, along with the Ten Commandments are directly quoted in Deuteronomy 5. But if you go to Deuteronomy 5, um, he actually adds, Moses actually adds to this verse where he oh, says, word. yeah, I, I think it's Deuteronomy oh, wow. 5, like 30 something, if I remember correctly. And he kind of further clarifies the terrifying part where he says, for those who hate me, I'm not going to clear your, your guilt. Oh. But for those who love me and turn to me I, and you and you obey my commandments, I got, I got you. you. Yeah. So he further clarifies this. That's dope. Without those verses, we're kind of like left like, oh, wait, what, God? You're yeah. going to do what? You're not going to quit? Oh, okay. So then you realize like if a nation will turn from its wickedness, God is always, always going to forgive to. them. Yeah. Right? And then there's a verse in Jeremiah. I forget. I don't know where. But um, God actually tells Jeremiah, do not intercede. Don't I forbid you to pray for these people. Because God knows if you do, I have to forgive him. Oh, wow. So he actually tells him, no, don't. Don't do it. Hold on. Don't do it. Because I don't want to have to, like, do what I said I was going to do, basically. Because <laughs> God knows. I want he, to destroy them. He, it's, uh, John said in the podcast, he's like, so God, like, knows he's a pushover. Which is, yeah. He knows that he has a soft spot <laughs> for us. And it's like, all right, I'll forgive you. That's heck of he's just so full of compassion, man. It's it's amazing. Dude. That's epic, man. I think there's something that we actually miss when it comes to, uh, like, our relationship with Jesus, yes. like our relationship with God in general, um, which is another reason why our theology can be off sometimes, because we don't look at God as like a as a as a merciful God. Mm. We keep thinking of Him as like a tyrant who's mm-hmm. always looking, who's out for blood all the time. Especially in the Old Testament, a lot of people try to like separate. Yeah, oh, he was a crazy evil God in the, in the Old Testament and the, the super loving, loving God. God. Like the folks. No, yeah, he's, he's the same. This is in the Old Testament. He's trying to be merciful. Yeah. Um, he's being reminded of his mercy and his grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he like acts upon it as well. Yes. So like, oh, they did. Okay. You know, even with Noah in the ark, he mm-hmm. could have killed everyone. Yes. But mercy and grace was like, no, nah, we're not going to get rid of everybody. Mm-hmm. We're going to continue humanity. And then we're not going to start all over. We're just going to mm-hmm. just, we're going to try to fix this. We're going to try to get this thing right. 
Um, and eventually, like, even through his own mercy and grace, him seeing himself, like, we don't understand how merciful that is. Because mm. if it was any of us, we'd be like, no, nah, I'm sorry. I tried for 6,000 years. I tried for 10,000 years. Yeah. I tried for a billion years to get humanity to act right. They wouldn't do mm-hmm. it. I'm not going down there. They just, that's it. Mm-hmm. That, that would be our that would be our reaction. Yes. But instead, like, Christ came. God came in the form of a human being. And David, we couldn't, as yeah. an act of mercy. Again. And it's, it's amazing, like, how... Yeah, God is emotional, and it's a beautiful thing that we have an emotional God. Because if you look, I think it's in Hosea, where God is is describing himself as a husband mm. who has is dealing with a wife who's like just cheated on him, and he's just so hurt. I remember that. And it's just like... I remember reading that. That was sad. My wife and I were talking in the car on the way home from church just about how like, we don't understand... That this is a relationship. Like, we still don't fully grasp that no. we're in a, a relationship with no, this we God. Don't. And I think that's what Pastor Carl's message was so so good about waiting. Like, having to oh, wait on yeah. God. Like, I was thinking about this. As church was ending, I feel like God, like, gave me this 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 revelation. So, we, we question, like, why do we have to suffer? We're always, like, questioning about suffering. And we don't realize, number one, how much we make God suffer, how much humanity has made him suffer mm. and is always making him suffer. You I mean, you're talking about your beings that you created don't even think you exist. Wow. Like, like he's constantly in pain. These people that he literally mm. did a marriage ceremony with. That's what, this, that's what Exodus is. Exodus 20 is God and Israel literally just got married. And he laid out the terms of the covenant and they said they would do it. Mm-hmm. And then they immediately Don't mess up with the calf. And it's just like, Dang. he's just constantly suffering from us. I think we believe that we can't hurt God. That's the problem. I think that's a huge problem. Well, he can handle it. He's fine. But but don't let me suffer. I yeah. shouldn't be suffering. You can suffer all you want, God. But you I shouldn't can, be you suffering. You can handle it, God. It's no yeah, big deal for you're you. Good. You're God. Yeah. You can, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Which is crazy because he will, but it's like... But neglecting the fact that he shouldn't have to. Exactly. He's freaking God. He he, should always be respected, always always. be honored, always be listened to, always be obeyed. He should never... He shouldn't even have to forgive. Mm -hmm. He should never be disobeyed. But that's how compassionate he is that he allows us to still exist when we disobey him, right? That's crazy. But I also... If we we get this this, this idea, right, of, of suffering... Because there's so many verses in the Bible that says, like, we have to join Christ in his suffering, the fellowship of his suffering. Mm -hmm. And James talks about, like, rejoicing when you go through suffering. Yeah. We don't realize that when you suffer, that's when you can relate to God the most. Mm. That's why he allows us to suffer. Because that's when you're actually the closest. That's when you can most, you're the most in common with God and with Jesus is through suffering. Yeah. If we could change our mindset about suffering, we could obtain like a closer relationship with God. Yeah, man. Because then you wouldn't, I mean, not that suffering doesn't hurt, because it hurts. Yes, absolutely. But the idea is like, yo, I get to, like, me and God get to share, because we don't get to share in his glory. No. We don't get to share in his authority. Mm -mm. Like, I mean, on on certain levels, Mm -hmm. the idea is there, but. But I think the closest you can get to relate to to God. To like fully sharing in something is like suffering. Like, especially. When you look at like disciples and like people who suffered and died, yes, martyred, martyred, like that—that's yeah. a different type of suffering, yo. Yeah, dude. I was—I'm reading this book. 
um, how Africa shaped the Christian mind. Shout out to John Drodos for letting me borrow it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I don't remember when this book was written, but Africa has almost 50% of the continent of Africa is Christian. They have almost half a billion Christians, half a billion. So almost 500 million Christians. I think by 2025, it's going to be 640 million Christians in Africa. That's crazy. And I think the continent only has close to a billion. So like more than half of the continent is going to be Christian. So they're the fastest growing church in the world is in Africa and Asia. Why is that? And then the, the fastest growing church in the, is the southern half of the world. South America, Africa, Southeast Asia. Why is that? All the suffering. The poorest half of the world mm. is the closest to God. Meanwhile, the north, northern hemisphere with the west, Europe, and North America. Gone. We're too comfortable. Gone. We are doing everything we can to avoid, avoid suffering. suffering. Yeah. I mean. We don't even depend on God anymore. Like. When you something patient said a long time ago, when you when you have a credit card, there's no reason to pray. Like what are we praying about? Yeah. Go go Just charge go, it. Charge that much. Go charge it. Go charge it. Yeah, man. And you can. Uh, when we went to Africa, I mean that was that was a form of like it was a mission trip. And granted, it wasn't at all what people actually lived through. We weren't like sleeping in the same area that they were sleeping. We weren't like mm-hmm. feeling the same type of suffering they were feeling. Uh, but we got to see what it was like to trust God. When you have zero, I'm talking about you get a headache and what is it that you tell the church and the church comes to your house and prays for you. And then they pray and pray and pray and then they'll leave and they'll come back next day and pray and pray and pray until the headache's gone. And then you talk about Thanksgiving, <sighs> bro, I'm talking about the person who was sick, who had the headache, who had the headache. What's in America? Us in America mm-hmm. would just go grab a Tylenol mm-hmm. and like call right, it a day. going Keep back moving. to work. But like they would like take what I'm talking about, take whatever they had. Oh, we don't have money, so we here's some like here's chicken. Mm-hmm. We don't have uh we don't have money, so like here's some toilet paper for the church. Here's something for the pastor. Here's something for what whoever. But they would just bring an offering of Thanksgiving. Yes. yes, bro, we got a headache. We don't give things at all. We just take a Tylenol and be like, oh, we're good. Forgot I even had it. Gone. Just yeah, hey, man. hey. Oh, I feel great. This is great. Yeah. So like when you look at uh, when you said that about the suffering, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I know where I know where suffering is, and I know. People who suffer daily, who have way more faith than yeah. I mean, we we really got to get our theology about suffering down, because we could look at it differently. Look at it as an opportunity. Yeah, I'm not saying it doesn't suck. That's not what I'm saying. It mm-hmm. definitely sucks. But like, if I can just realize why God is allowing this to happen, because He wants to relate. Yeah, this is God's giving me opportunity to relate to Him, get to know Him on a deeper level by suffering. That's when you're the closest to Jesus. And and Josiah sent us a video. I got the chance to watch it before you guys came over. Uh, it's about 28 minutes. And it's like this guy going over the medical evidence of, of Jesus' crucifixion. Mm. I mean, oh, it was intense. Oh, we'll have to watch it during the break. I'll try to show you some highlights of it. Oh. But it's just... It was intense. There's some of it that I already knew, mm-hmm. but just to like really rehear from like somebody who's like studied like surgeons data and just different things like that. I mean, what Jesus went through is insane. Like it's insane. And then the ending of the video is just is amazing. 
Oh my oh. God, it's something else. We'll have to, in fact, let's go into break right now, man. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we'll come back with a couple more verses. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the characteristics of God and then look at two more verses. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be back. All right, see you in a bit. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, uh, this is a commercial for Preacher's Hour. How to pay the uh, bills? Yeah, our <laughs> our Patreon, guys. So uh, we talked about it a little bit in some episodes, but uh, this is the actual commercial for it. So we have a Patreon. They have a website as well as an app that you can get. Um, and we have two tiers on our Patreon. If you know how Patreon works, if you watch other YouTubers, everyone has it. My brother has one. Heck, of people are using it. So we have a donation tier, which is three dollars a month don't get any extra perks you're literally just helping us out we just would love it we, we appreciate, appreciate it. it we um, appreciate it and then we have a five dollar a month tier and that one you would get access to um our youtube live that we would do so we're gonna start doing we did an instagram live before we're gonna start doing youtube lives and they'll only be for our five dollar a month patreons um and they'll be able to do like live q a's with us and it'll just be really interactive so if you don't want to miss out on that Hit on our Patreon real quick. The link will be in the description of our episodes. Uh, it's pre- patreon.com slash preachers hour. If you need more information, hit us up on Instagram. Yeah, help us out. Yeah, man. All right, back to your regular scheduled program. All right, guys, we're back from our break. And we're back, back, back. <laughs> uh, we had a really good discussion off camera. It was not on topic, but it was dope. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll bring it back for an episode. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, so um, I wanted to continue talking about the characteristics of God, um, his compassion, his mm-hmm. grace, his, his loyal, steadfast love. He's slow to anger and he's merciful. And we know that he will be like this consistently. He's always going to be like this. Mm-hmm. And one of the cool things about it is that he's not always going to require you to be like totally righteous before he shows you compassion true yeah yeah, yeah. like so let me give you an example uh this is nehemiah chapter 9 um starting at verse 26 nevertheless they were disobedient and rebelled against you and cast your law behind their back and killed your prophets who had warned them in order to turn them back to you and they committed great blasphemes. Therefore, you gave them into the hand of their enemies who made them suffer. Okay. And in the time of their suffering, they cried out to you and you heard them from heaven. And according to your great mercies, you gave them saviors who saved them from the hand of their enemies. But after they had rest, they did evil again before you and you abandoned them to the hand of their enemies so that they had dominion over them. Yet, when they turned and cried to you, you heard from heaven, and many times you delivered them according to your mercies. And it just goes on and on. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just keeps happening. Like, God will continually, he is bent towards compassion and mm-hmm. mercy and forgiveness. He can't help it. Yeah. That's who he it is. is. Yeah. Um, in the In the book of Jonah, okay, that's another one of the more famous re-quotings of Exodus 34, 
Jonah tells God, I'm, I didn't want to come to oh, Nineveh I knew you because I know you are. And you repeats the list. Mm. You're compassionate, gracious, loyal, love, slow to anger. quick to re- he, for, he literally reminds God of what God's already said about him. So that's why I didn't wow. want to come. I know how you are. Wow. And then in Joel, another very famous Joel 2, he says the same thing. God, you are compassionate, gracious. Loyal. I mean, it's just, it's everywhere yeah. in the scriptures. Wow. It's ev- even uh, John 1. When it says he's full of grace and truth. If you look at the Greek version of the Old Testament, the Septuagint, that pair, grace and truth, it really means trustworthy. Mm. That is a the Greek requoting of Exodus 34, 6 oh, and 7. Wow. So it's even in the New Testament. It's everywhere. everywhere. Who God is. Who the God of that <sighs> relationship is, bro. Which is fantastic. Yeah, man. So um, theologically... How do we apply this? What are we supposed to do with this information? What do you think, Brandon? Like, what do we, knowing that God is these things, what do we, how do we respond? Oh, man. So, uh, that's, there's many, I guess there's many ways, but like for me, after knowing like who God is and knowing that he's like, trustworthy and faithful and mm-hmm. just is it's number one i think we have to give him like the respect mm-hmm. like, we just gotta like know that god is god and then like know that he's like loving at the same time like a, he's a good father and i'm glad you said that we must like we gotta like we gotta just see him as such and not think that he's either out to get us or out to out to harm us out to you know strike you with a bold lightning every time you sin but he's always trying to get you to come back to him. He's always trying to say to you, hey, I know what you did. Like, I know what you did, but I'm not holding that against you. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not trying to get you caught up. So this mm-hmm. is something I, I've noticed. Uh, when I was in high school, we had two security. I went to a continu- continuation school and we had two like armed security guards and we had one police officer. The, the security guards always tried to catch you mm-hmm. in the act while the police officer was always trying to like, Make sure you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. But even when you did it, he was like, this is what I was telling you. Like, this is what happens when you do stuff like this. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm not going to. He, he would definitely punish you. But it was like, you either got, like, detention or whatever. But he wasn't taking you to jail. Yeah. The security guards is always just trying to catch you in the accident. They can put you in the back of their car. For whatever reason. They just wanted to feel <laughs> macho. Power. Yeah. yeah. But God, God is already powerful. Mm-hmm. He's already, like, macho. He doesn't have to prove that to anyone. So his whole thing is, like, I want you to see me as gracious and loving as merciful, as slow to anger, mm. um, and, and honestly quick to listen. Yes. I think God is even, he's, he's going to be, he's more prone to hear you. Like it said speak. in that verse, he heard them from heaven. Yeah. And they cried out to him. It was like, we can't do it. We can't like, yeah. could you? God, we're sorry. We messed up. He is always going to be like, mm-hmm. ah, let me go get him. Yeah. <laughs> and that should be our response to always cry. I think one, yeah. I think that I believe something I do, and let me just say not what I think. What I do is when I sin, I used to mm-hmm. always like just go into despair and like yeah, think that I like, don't want to talk to don't want to talk to God. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to make time for him. Like he doesn't want to talk to me anyways because yeah. I already messed up. Yeah. Which is the exact opposite of the case, man. So um, give you guys a little Hebrew Hebrew alert here. Hey. Uh, so compassion uh, in Hebrew. The noun is Rahamim. Uh, the adjective is Rahum. So to be compassionate is Rahum. Hmm. God is Rahum. And he has a lot of Rahamim. Um, and so 
those two words, they sound like the Hebrew word for womb, like a woman's womb, which is mm. rechem. So you have raham and then rechem. They sound alike on yeah. purpose. And it, it all points back to God as a parent. Like wow. he is, he has this, this compassion compassionate parent. that if your child is crying, they messed up. They're, mm. they're annoying you. They're not listening to you. Yeah. But, but then they cry right, for help. You're coming. coming. A no mother, matter, a father is coming to their child. No aid. matter what. No they matter did. what. No matter. That what. is our God. Okay. Being like <laughs> literally that is him. No matter what we do, oh. if we go, I need you. Mm. Dad, I need. Oh, oh man. He's coming. Yeah. That's that's what his compassion is. It's, means it's only an uncompassionate parent. Yes. Who takes a who holds a grudge yes, against his child. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. Like I don't care if your kid is, uh, if your kid does whatever, like you know, steals money or mm-hmm. robs a bank. Yeah. It don't it as a parent you don't you don't only see that like okay my kid's a, a, is a thief. Mm-hmm. No, you see like my kid has some issues. Yes. My kid is a thief. Yes. But he's still my yeah, child. I gotta help him. He's still my kid. Yes. And God is is faithful and compassionate to a fault to his kids. Mm. Like he will That's like, like these people in here, no matter how many times they did evil. The cycle the moment they're like, God help us, he's coming. Yeah. He's here I come. They, yeah. That's my song, bro. <laughs> um and so I think that is the implications for us and God. To add to that, the implications for us and other humans, we need to be like Jesus. We need to have compassion. Because here's, here's something I didn't, I didn't point out until now. So the, the scary part of the verse, verse 7, where God says he will by no means clear the guilty. Mm-hmm. He will visit the iniquity to every generation. Right? Yeah. What is the ultimate fulfillment of God not clearing the guilty and visiting the iniquity on, the, on every generation? Jesus. Yes. I didn't even know that. I just figured that was the answer. It is. <laughs> but like, think about that. God keeps his word. I am just. My justice is important it's to me. Because he didn't let sin just run I'm rampant. I'm not going to let the guilty Somebody be had to pay for that. And it's going to be me. Mm. <laughs> like... Oh, I love hearing that, man. Because like, it's one thing to say, like, "All right, fine, I'm gonna find somebody, I'm gonna choose somebody to put all this on," mm-hmm. and it's like, "Dang, that's gonna suck for that person." Yeah. But when that person is the person who's actually inflicting the yes. the the justice on, it would be like the justice system in America judging itself and yes. then putting itself in prison mm-hmm. because it was yeah, on behalf of all the criminals. <laughs> yeah, letting them and let free. them all go free. Mm-hmm. Like, could you imagine? I mean, first of all, no one can do that. No, Donald Trump ain't doing that, y'all. Joe, Joe Biden ain't Joe doing Biden. that. <laughs> he definitely I want ain't Joe doing that. Joe Biden, need Joe Biden. He about to no. pay for your sins <laughs> and not Joe Biden. Ew. So the, I, I think people don't really understand the not not just the implications of that, but like the the compassion. Like yes, I mean, I, mean, I promise you, every parent, maybe not every parent, but most good parents, mm-hmm. when you see your kid in pain. You just want to be like, nah, just let me take it. Yeah. Like, let me, yes. let me. Oh, man. I mean, I've, none of my kids have been, by the grace of God, have broken a bone or anything like that. But, like, there's been times when, uh, I think it was, like, Gabby would get something in her eye. 
Mm. And it's just like she's like jumping and like you know I'm trying to like calm down I can get it when she got when she the... got that go head stuck in her foot and she screamed like we cut her foot off she thought she was about she to thought die she, was dead. she was like nah. I mean she screamed like I had never heard somebody scream in my life and I'm like I could take this out and you'd be, be just fine, just fine. but yeah, like even man. like that fear that she has like I I just want to it's okay I want to take the go head out because I want to solve the problem mm-hmm. but I just want you to trust that I'm going to solve the problem. Yes. Like I got you, yes. And this is what God does for us. Like yes. I, humanity, I got you. Like yes. those who trust in me, I got you. Yeah, man. I'm gonna take on all of that for you. And then just kind of explaining what Jesus really went through from a mm-hmm. from a, a medical perspective when mm-hmm. we did like off camera. Yeah, we're gonna put the video in the description on YouTube. Too. Yeah, hey, if you if you have it's that video is not for the faint of heart, just Mm-mm. for y'all to know. Um, it's not as like it's not like gory or anything like that. I mean, there's a the few description scenes, is enough. Yeah, to, just for your imagination, it. just hearing what he went through. It's it's insane. It's, you think you get it, but you don't. You don't understand. You, you don't understand the type get of affliction. It, but we don't. The type of affliction that he went through. And when you can understand, like... The shame and the humiliation that he went through. Yeah, but my thing was, like, the, the substitution. Oh, yeah. You got to remember... Everything that he went through, you should have... It was supposed through. to be me. It was supposed to be us. Like, this Facts. is where I'm like, we got to understand that. Yeah, man. That... There's a different kind of... Com- when... when And the, I guess the only time we can... The only time we can, like, put in comparison... Um, it's like monetarily for like Americans mm-hmm. um, because you can't really like take pain. But like when your kid does something bad or breaks something mm-hmm. as a parent, you have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not like your your kid COVID happens. Cool. You get a laptop. Your kid breaks a laptop. The school's not just going to be like, oh, yeah, it's fine. No, no worries. No big deal. No, that laptop got to get paid for it. Mm-hmm. Not just because that was in the contract, but because someone's going to need that laptop later. Mm-hmm. So your kid's going to be far and gone, but mm-hmm. like some, that laptop needs to be replaced. Jesus is the same thing. Yeah. Like the, his atonement on the cross was not just for that generation, for that moment, but we're going to need it when we get to this point, when we yes. come about being alive and we have to understand that is huge. Yeah, man. I mean, like that is until Jesus comes, for every Old Testament person, you had to rely on verse six of Exodus 34. You had to rely on the fact that God was going to, if you could turn back to him, he is going to forgive you. He does mm-hmm. have mercy. He wants to. Um, and then even if you're a person who's like, but why would you want to serve a God that's just so mean and vengeful and you mean consistent and true to his word? Yeah. But even then, even if you have a problem with God's justice, he takes care of it with Jesus. Well, how could he kill his own son? Jesus chose. Jesus wanted right. to do it. Mm-hmm. It was he volunteered. And when you watch the end of that video, you realize we didn't kill him. Mm-mm. He gave up his life. There was nothing that a human could do. Jesus voluntarily gave up his life. No he laid it down. Life. No one takes my life. I lay it down mm-hmm. willingly. Boy. And that's how much he cares about us. And we definitely don't deserve that care or that or that love. We don't deserve what, it. What greater love? That's literally what it says. Like, what greater mm-hmm. love is there than to lay your life down for a friend? Yes. Because like, like doing it for a brother, doing it for a mother, doing it for mm-hmm. a child, that's easy. But who would die mm-hmm. for their friends? For their enemies, too. And for their enemies. Mm-hmm. Let me read one more verse, and I want to explain something. This is Isaiah 55, verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way, 
and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. He will forgive. If you are wicked, I don't care the worst of us. God is waiting to forgive you. He has compassion. Mm. Now, what does that mean for us and our fellow human? We have to be the same way. Oh, uh, yeah. We have to be full of compassion and be ready to forgive, yeah. be leaning towards mercy and mm. forgiveness mm. and grace. All the time. We have to. I mean, because when you're, I mean, think just think about the opposite. And this is something that really helps me. If you if you are a person that is leaning the other way, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like you're more about the justice, more mm-hmm. about getting uh making sure you're respected, making sure you get yours. Like mm-hmm. what what does that give to anyone else? It doesn't even help you. It really doesn't. It just brings destruction into the At world. the end of it all, it's just death. Like mm-hmm. your relationships are broken and they're never gonna be mended. Uh your your friendships are gone and you're all alone. Like, what is the end goal? Of thinking about yourself or being unloving or uncompassionate or unforgiving. Loneliness, death, and chaos. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all that comes from it. But when you are a person who leans on compassion, who leans on empathy, who's trying to see other people's perspectives, who's trying to... You win. Yes. Like, you win. Like, I, I compassion crushes all. Like, yes. I don't care what no one says. There's never a time when you're going to be like, I'm going to be selfish or I'm going to be unloving and like I'm gonna feel good about mm-hmm. myself it's gonna benefit me it's ultimately not, it no. never really works that way mm-hmm. the only way it works is when you're compassionate number one you gain more trust you yes. gain more friends you gain more uh, love more loving relationships and you start to feel better about not just about yourself but even about like what God can do through you mm-hmm. you start to feel better about that and then you start to actually see the kingdom of God in front yes. unfold in front of you when you withhold that, you miss the kingdom of God. Yeah, man. And, and that's the scary thing for me. And like, if you are really upset with another person, like, if you could just see them as the way God sees them, mm. even if they're a total stranger and they're just awful to you, yeah. if you like showed them compassion instead of what you should show them, which is like anger and, and mm-hmm. aggression, like, what's that going to do to that person? They're gonna be like, what? they're gonna be sure weird. Even if, even if they walk away from you and they hit you with an insult and they mm-hmm. walk away, they they can't shake. They that. can't shake that. Man. That's gonna be like, why was he? Man, when you think about an enemy and you doing something kind for them, like uh, I mean, there's there's like countless movies. I can't think of of a of a specific movie, but mm-hmm. there's a scene that I remember where um, the guy is like the, the the good guy and the bad guy. They're fighting, or whatever. And then, like, the bad guy is, like, uh, is about to fall off a cliff or whatever. And then the good guy is, like, give me your hand. Like, let me help you up. First of all, we've just been trying to fight mm-hmm. to the death. Mm-hmm. You've been trying to kill me. I mean, the good guy's like, I'm just trying to, like, get free. But the bad guy's like, I'm trying to kill you. And the moment that the good guy has the, the advantage, the advantage mm-hmm. he doesn't use it to destroy the person. He's like, let me help you up. And then you can always tell in those moments where... And I know they're just actors, but mm-hmm. I think like in that split moment, it's just like, okay, I don't know if you're for real or not. Like, am I going to grab your hand and let me go? Am I going to grab your hand and you're going to really pull me up and then kill me? Like in your mind, you can't, you have to wrestle with this. Mm-hmm. And I think what we do as believers is we try to, <laughs> we remove all doubt from the person by just being angry, mad mm-hmm. or whatever. 
then they're just like, that's why I'm. Okay, that, yeah, that's I'm, why I'm mess with. I'm justified in being exactly. Dirty. That's why I'm. That's why I'm. That's why I'm mess with Christians. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why, why I'm mess with. That's why I'm just mean to everybody. I look at like I look at like the the LGBT community, and I'm all like now I'm like I'm becoming more and more passionate, like compassionate mm-hmm. toward them because I'm just like, how many times have they been like in a in a way like trying to reach out, and all we've given them is like, well, when you come to Jesus, you just got to stop being gay first. Like that ain't never been the case. I don't think that Jesus, like Jesus, never told any sinner Mm-mm. about their sin off jump. Yeah, it was all he showed compassion first, yes. which gives you something to respond to. Mm-hmm. Like man, you showed so much kindness to me. What can I do for you? Yes, I love is easier to respond to than a rule or like aggression or or punishment. Even way, if it's deserved, it's way stronger too. Yeah, that's why God leans that way. And this is one more point I want to make. Uh, compassion and empathy are related terms. And I just learned this about the word empathy. So it's actually a compound word. So the M means with. Pathy means to suffer. So empathy means to mm. suffer with. Wow. So when I have, that. I didn't know that either until I heard it on the podcast. I was like, yo, that's crazy. When I have empathy... For my fellow human, I have to suffer with them. them. I see them suffering. I join in. That's what God did. Mm. Okay? We were causing him suffering, and yet we are suffering in this world apart from him. Wow. Even if we don't realize it, we are suffering. Jesus looks into the world and goes, I need to have empathy on them. I need to join them in their suffering. He does it so much that he allows our suffering to kill him. To end him. Wow. Right? To crucify him. Right? He gives up his life. He lays on his life for because of our suffering. To suffer with us. Mm. He's constantly going around seeing the poor, seeing the needy. And he has empathy. He has compassion. He joins in their suffering. Wow. That's what we need to do. We have to do that for our fellow man, dude. Suffer with. And this is uh, this is something like I learned and I thought it was like a just... It helped me to understand the difference between empathy and sympathy. And like sympathy was like, you know, seeing a man mm-hmm. in a hole. And like, I mean, that sucks. Throwing, yeah, and that sucks. Um, and then like even like just, you know, and pity is like, man, sorry <laughs> you're down there. Hope you get out one day and just like keep pushing. Like, yeah, that's pity. That's sympathy. Um, but what empathy says is like, no, let me grab a rope, tie it to this log, hop down into the hole, sit with you as long as you need to sit. But like always reminding you. We suffering down here, but we, we can, can get, get out. out of this. Yeah, like it's gonna take work too. Like mm-hmm. I think that's the idea. Like suffering with someone mm-hmm. is not just it's not as easy just sliding down the rope. Oh, it's hard. You still got to get out of there. You got to climb back up and climbing back up that rope is not gonna be easy. So just go in with the mindset. If you're ever going to show empathy, suffer with that person, mm-hmm. but suffer with them with the intent of getting out of the hole. Yes. Like, because that's what God did. He got us Jesus, out. Dude. Jesus got us out. He came down. He lived. He suffered. He great. He went into the grave, and God rose mm-hmm. him from the dead. And he so suffered that his we whole can do life. The same. Like Pastor Carl pointed out, Jesus uh, was poor. Yeah, he was poor. He didn't was born in some rich family. He was a man of many sorrows. He mm-hmm. didn't have a place to lay his head. Like he suffered mm-hmm. his whole life, especially no. Knowing where he came from, yeah, leaving like eternal riches and glory and respect even... and honor to come down 
and suffer an entire life and then suffer the humiliation and shame of becoming sin on our behalf. Like, so that God could punish it. Yes. Oh, man. That's wild. If dude. we can grasp this, people, the, the way that we see each other and see God and we see his character and we, and we know the God that we serve, like it should change how we relate to this God. Um, and I, and that's that's a huge passion of mine is to help other people and to constantly remind myself like who I'm, ha- I'm in a relationship with with my creator and like who he is and like worshiping him for who he is mm-hmm. not what he not does what he or does. what he can do just because of his character the type of being that he is mm-hmm. like he's just worthy no matter what yeah and i think i just want to say this because i think i want to say this because my youth group is is learning this right now mm-hmm. they suck at thanksgiving Hmm. like they i think they've gotten a lot better at praying but like they suck at thanksgiving (laughs) like they're terrible and i was telling them last night and literally just use those words like y'all suck at thanksgiving because there's things that we prayed for and then uh so one of our youth group kids had went missing uh for like i think almost two days like just like no one knew uh where they were and we were just like everybody's freaking out so then we all pray and like, uh, and then one of the students that actually brings it up is like, "Hey, so and so has been missing. Like, can we pray?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, for sure, let's pray." So we're in our group chat, and like everyone's like, you know, posting prayers, and um, and like, you know, if they didn't post it, they just prayed, and like we prayed, and then like consistently. I mean, that group chat didn't stop. So someone was always like, "Hey, have, have they found her? Hey, have they found? Hey," and it's like, "Okay, no, no, not not yet, not yet. Keep praying, keep praying. We keep praying, dog." And then like finally, uh, we get the the message. Uh, uh, that she's safe at home. Um, she was like, uh, she was, she had like taken some drugs and like was like in the wrong place and um, all this kind of stuff. But she safe. She's at home. She's recu- she's recu- recuperating. And like everybody was like, oh, dope, thumbs up emojis. Da, da, da. And then I rem- I remember reading. I'm like, and then I think that following Sunday was Pastor Carl's message on mm-hmm. like Thanksgiving. And I'm just like, dang, we missed this completely. And I say all that to say because I don't know if you can actually worship God or or be in awe of God or respect God in a way of uh, of him being who he is just because of who he is. The only way you can actually do that is after being thankful for what he has done. Yes. So like as a as a young believer, as a young mm-hmm. Christian you're you're not just gonna come out the gate like I'm gonna worship you because of who you are. Mm-hmm. Like I think that you gotta get to know him. You gotta get to know him. Mm-hmm. So once you, the way you get to know him is like when you pray and he answers it in your favor, you must give thanks in the same measure that you prayed for it. Yes, you have to go in or the same more. or even more. Yeah, like wow, God, like I asked for this and you did it. Thank you so much. And in the beginning, yes, you will be praising God for what He can do. Mm-hmm. But once you mature. You should get to a place where you're like, wow, like you've been this way ever since. Yeah. Like before I was even born. I didn't you, even know you were you like this. You loved me. Psalm 139 says like he, he laid out my days. They're mm. already like written in his book. Um, he's known me from jump. Don't and I was just an idea. And I was just an idea yeah. in his head. Like, I'm going to make this dude called Jeff. Before you was a twinkle in your yeah. daddy's eye. Boy. Like. 
<laughs> he's not just as he know me like he loved me loved me and uh, loved me enough to create me but not even that like as a believer i'm like you love me enough to create me and you still you knew what i was gonna do mm-hmm. you still waited for me you still chose protected me, me. Mm-hmm. then you chose me and as a preacher you called me out of the called out <laughs> like i'm just like this is crazy like yeah man how why what made like and then the, and then to find out that it's nothing that i did Mm-mm. like we can't there's nothing that you could have done there's nothing we can be like oh yeah yeah oh i okay okay god i know why did. it's because i did x y and z mm-hmm. when i was 17 and this is why you chose me nah i chose you because i wanted to mm-hmm like I, I'm your friend because I wanted to be your friend, yeah. not because of it. I want a relationship with you. I just want to know you, mm-hmm. like, and I want you to know, know me. me. Yeah, man. Like, not just a little bit of me. I want you to know all of me. Yeah. So I think this is somewhere we got it. Where it's, it's not going to be easy to get to this point, but I, I promise you, when you go in wholeheartedly with the idea that God, you have been, and what, what I learned today, you have been working tirelessly yeah. behind the scenes uh, the way jeff puts it is like you've been working this chessboard and i'm See just a upon, whole chessboard i all i'm seeing is the square in front of me mm-hmm. and yeah. i'm like why can't Come i get on, to God. that square <laughs> yeah like what is, i'm a pawn all i can do is move forward like yeah. move me <laughs> move yeah. me He's like no man you understand i'm trying to protect you <laughs> and you don't know that the rook is to this left of yeah. you you don't know that the knight is right behind you don't mm-hmm. know anything that's going on when we look at like stories in the bible we have to understand um, that like you have to just take some time. What did it take for this specific moment to happen? Mm. What did it take when we learned that this morning? I mean, it's you're hearing this on a Wednesday, but it's a Sunday for us. And it's like, you heard this morning, everything that had to happen in order for Jesus to be born in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. A whole nation had to move. Yes. I don't know if people understand. <laughs> A whole nation had to move for Jesus to be born in Bethlehem, and that was God orchestrated. Mm-hmm. Like I said, one of my students asked me, uh, where do thoughts come from? Mm-hmm. Where do thoughts come from? And I'm like, all I can say is they come from God. Yeah. Like, God put a thought in someone's mind to do a thing for his glory and his honor. This yeah. is why we praise God. Yeah. This is why we worship. This is why we can like say, because you are who you are. I am going to worship you forever. Yeah, man. Listener, you serve a God who is compassionate, full of steadfast love, gracious, slow to anger, merciful to every generation. He holds it to generations of thousands. He will. Mm. He just extends his compassion to anybody who is willing to receive it. And if you cry out to him, he is quick to pardon you. He will forgive you. He has compassion like he wants to forgive everybody mm-hmm. he wants you he wants a relationship with you yeah so just figure out what you got to do cry out to him call out to him he will reveal himself to you if you do it with a genuine desire mm. and um if you ever want help on this journey man reach out to me and brandon yeah we're here for y'all man thank you so much for listening this week yeah thank y'all appreciate um, you hope you learned something hope that you glean something from these conversations i know that we learn a lot mm-hmm. so we hope that you learn a lot as well all right guys yeah. see you on the next one peace peace, peace.